Audie ISD is moving in a new way forward, and we want to keep you in the loop. So during each episode of our podcast, we'll bring in new people, people like teachers, students, staff, even district leaders, to talk about all the things happening in Audie ISD. Welcome back to All the Things, the Audie ISD podcast. Today, we are recording our second podcast of the season. And you know what? The focus of today's podcast will be centered around the safety of our community. And I am with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Are, are you called the muscle? The big teddy bear? <laughs> it's, it's been rumored. Yeah, it's an inside joke. But um, I'm joined by uh, Police Chief Paul Cardova. He's got a lot to share. We want to make sure you guys are aware of the safety um, safety practices and protocols we have in place i will tell you now you will not hear everything because then it's not safe if we told you so um i hope that you're enjoying the podcast so far we're just on episode two but like i said before um in the last episode we've we've got some 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 real jokers in this deck there's some some good guests coming along and i don't think that uh chief's um episode will disappoint my whole hope is that he makes you laugh and I make him laugh, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and who knows? You could be our next guest. Just keep your eyes open and, and your ears glued to the podcast and it'll all work out. So I haven't still figured out how I'm going to do the top three. So Chief, before I would just have three topics and I would get to ramble about them. But now it just doesn't feel like I should ramble about them anymore. I should, you know, kind of add you to the conversation so i'm gonna highlight my top three tell the people who you are and then you can i'll go back to my top three and hope you jump in okay we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how that works for a little while so my top three this week i'm going to talk about wearing white after labor day that's a, i know that's a big deal for you i'm wearing white right now as a matter of fact <laughs> you are and then um how long before you upgrade your phone that's been a topic of conversation in the iphone world I don't know about the Android world. And then I need to know the top three top three songs that must be on a gym playlist. I am going to put a little asterisk right there and tell, tell the world that I need to be in somebody's gym. I mean, listening to a playlist is fine, but I got to get to a gym first. Okay, so the person you heard that I've been talking about is Chief Paul Cordova. And I want you to know that Police Chief Paul Cordova was hired April 30th, 2020, in the middle of COVID, I remember your interview process well, as the district's new police chief. But he's not new to policing, just new to Alden Conda. Um, he has nearly 40 de four decades, not 40, four decades of, law ex of experience in law enforcement. He doesn't look old enough to have that many years in law enforcement. Uh, his wife, he and his wife, Marie, have two daughters, Monica and Victoria, both who are graduates of Nimitz High School. Um, Monica was salutatorian of her senior class. Um, that's a good, that's a strong standout point. You got smart kids. Does that make well, you really smart? It doesn't come from me. <laughs> Wife Monica takes all the credit. Um, he believes that one of his strongest points, or I, I too believe that, is community policing. And he's taken the necessary steps to implement that in our community, um, ensuring that our police department is connected. There's a theme here, connected to um, all of our stakeholders. 
In fact, uh, our police are connected with our students, our family members, our businesses, and even our um, our staff and leaders. And it's used, the, the best way to do that is to build bridges alongside communication. Is that about it? Yes, is that it good? is. Um, Chief has a grandbaby on the way. Uh, he's a he's going to be a proud. I think you told me Papa or Papa or Grandpa Paul. Ooh, Grandpa Paul. Hmm. Either one. He's a proud Grandpa who of a baby that's not even here yet. So if your daughter's listening, I want you to know he is super proud of you. Um, just like he's super proud of your sister. He talks about you guys um, all of the time. So congratulations, sir. Thank you. This bio is just my working bio. Um, I'm sure that if anyone is interested in knowing your credentials, if they did one Google search, they'd find out that, I mean, we got a deal by getting the police chief uh, in Paul Cordova. So thank you for being a leader in Aldine and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Okay. So we're going to go back. Um, This is me warming you up. Okay. Let's talk about this wearing white after Labor Day. Have you heard that before? I have heard it. Really? I don't really understand the logic of it, but (laughs) I know it's a thing. So um, it is a thing. Like you're supposed to not wear white after Labor Day. And then I think you can wear white, like you start wearing white at Easter. Don't ask me. I don't know. Um, But in fact, I had an event this summer where I had to wear all white and I bought a couple different dresses because you just never know. And I ended up buying this one from Target. Chief is staring at me like, what? Um, I bought this one from Target. It's a cute little dress, no sh- one shoulder, but I didn't wear it. And I lit- I bought it probably four months ago, and I well, three months ago. And I just opened it yesterday. Judge me. Uh, the package was sitting at the front of the um, foyer. And I opened it. I was like, oh, this is cute. Labor Day's coming. Can I wear it? And then I decided, eh, I'm going to wear it. You wear it this weekend. No, I'm going to wear it Labor Day, like after oh, Labor actually Day. actually on it or after? I'm going to wear it in October. So you're going against the, the current. Yeah, I don't care about the current. That doesn't bother me. I'm going to wear it in December. It's a cultural thing for the African-American culture that, like, you have all white parties. And you, like, that's how you know that, like, it's fancy or, as the people would say, bougie. In your culture, is white... Like when people wear white, does it mean something special? Not really. We we do fancy colors, and it's not one singular color. It's oh. multiple colors. <laughs> the more Kinda like colors. Joseph, the coat of many colors. Oh, like more colors, the better. The more colors, the better, and the brighter, the better. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Like the pinks and the purples and the like on the I can see on the skirt. The whole rainbow. The whole rainbow. Okay. Yeah, in the African-American culture, like you wear, like there's a thing, like you have a white party, an all-white party, and like, it's like. But you call the party. It's not like you just randomly wear white. I mean, I randomly wear white, but no. Well, there are some things that you do that like, you know. Okay, so I love, I'm going to call it old school music, right? Like, I mean, I'm old when you compare your myself to like some of my employees, like I'm old, right? But. Then I'm also young if you compare me to like, uh, anyway, but I listen to old school music, like the music that my parents listened to when they were kids. Like that's where I'm, that's my groove, right? Um, And there's an artist who comes, his name is Frankie Beverly. Like everyone knows if he's in town, you wear all white. Like you don't even, it's not posted anywhere. There's not a rule book. You just do. But then there's other concerts that he has and you wear all black. I don't, and again, 40,000 people just show up this way. 
So there's like these unspoken rules. There's no memo. It just it's people not know posted it. on Facebook. Before Facebook, it just there wasn't. You just do it, and people just start doing it. So I figure there's gonna be a party or something, a concert, and I'm just gonna wear all white, and I can wear my dress. Makes sense. I don't care when it is, and then if it's in the winter, I can call it winter white. See how that works? Okay. <laughs> it's not Chief's <laughs> cup of tea. We'll get to your cup of tea soon. Okay, Chief is an iPhone Apple guy. I am. Do you let? So a couple weeks ago, there was an upgrade, like a mandatory upgrade. Did you do it? Absolutely. Because? I just want to be up to date. Oh, you, you. so I go against the grain. I mean, I think people have already figured that out. There's a rule. I'm going to break it. But so like, I still haven't upgraded it. I don't know if my phone's going to break. You might not function completely. But isn't it like Big Brother's watching me if I upgrade it? That gives him like. You're talking about the software, not the hardware. I'm talking about the software. I would want to upgrade so that I have full functionality. Because, you know, they there's a there's like a, a story that came out that like your phone starts. Recording you? No, it stops working if you don't follow the upgrades. Yes. And buy the newest phone. I, I believe in the upgrades uh, up until a point where then it's, the phone's not working completely correctly. You may have to buy a new phone like I did. So the new iPhone 27 is coming out. Are you like the first one in line to get it or like you wait? I usually wait about a year. A year. Oh, so you're behind. Like yeah, I'm a iPhone, little bit behind. iPhone 27 is out. You're iPhone 26. Right. I let the price go down a little bit. Ah, a man about his money. I think there's some more of your colleagues, Adam, who is probably buying the first phone the day it comes out. N- not me. Not me I'm either. not waiting in that line. <laughs> me either. Me either. It's not on auto buy either. No. Nothing I have is on auto buy. Okay, speaking of this gym playlist, let's talk about it. Are you going to the gym? And if you are, what are you listening to? Uh, old school. Okay. Aerosmith. Ooh, Chief, I've learned something new. Uh, the Doors, Led Is Zeppelin. Is that Sugar? Pour some sugar. Sweet Emotion. Oh, that's Def Leppard. Okay. Yes, Dream On, Sweet Emotion. So Aerosmith. Led Zeppelin, The Led Doors, Zeppelin. Chicago. Oh, I'm, Chicago. I'm a, I know Chicago. My dad Chicago had the Chicago fan. album. I like it. Yes. My my new thing is I like to listen to cover bands that play famous music. But do you buy their music and listen to it? I do YouTube on that. Okay, so you're running on the treadmill and you're listening to... Right, with a variety of music. The old school, you know, either... I do listen to some Motown and, and, and jazz, and uh, but um, um, my favorite is classic rock. Classic rock. Yes. And are you like one of those, like, are you driving down the street? Just go with me. You're driving down the street. Everybody use your imagination. And you look over to the police car, which you'd not be in a marked vehicle because you're really big and important. But let's say you are. Are you the one, like, playing the air guitar and, like, shaking your head? I'm shaking my head. Like, you're 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 not into the beat. Right. I'm, I'm imagining the crowd and everything. <laughs> Is it a karaoke tune for you? Like, would you get on the stage and no. sing? Come on, Chief. Mm-mm. No, y'all. I'm trying to get him to open up here. He's smiling really big, <laughs> but he's not. He's not giving me much more. Okay, let's get to the stuff that maybe will like. It's it's in your zone. Um, I don't think it's any secret that um safety is a huge concern. Um, I think that safety has been a concern of many for a, a long time. Unfortunately, we have. 
too many um, school shootings to think about. Um, we live in Houston, a major metropolitan city, and every night when you cut on the news, there's something else, right? Um, and then because of the field we work in and what we get to see every day, we also know that there are some things happening in our community and around us. Um, I've seen, you know, as we started the school year, many people, whether it's a parent or a news outlet or um People are hosting town halls about how the district can ensure their kids are safe. And I know this comes on the tails of um, an unfortunate incident that happened um, in the southern part of Texas in Uvalde. I just want to know, as police chief, how can you put any like doubt or, you know, put away the doubt and help parents to understand and, and teachers to understand that we've done like what we could for safety. So we, we have a, a healthy police department for the size of our school district. We're equal to what the recommended standard is. We have 66 officers and uh, a number of support staff, uh, about 80 employees altogether. And also the Office of Emergency Management reports to me. And within that, we have a robust emergency operations plan with the reunification plan. All of our officers are trained regularly for a wide variety of emergencies, including the active shooter threat. Should that happen, please know that all our officers are committed to doing the right thing immediately. We will mm -hmm. not be hesitating, mm -hmm. holding, or you know, gathering and waiting and see what's going to happen. All of our officers have keys to every door, and, and if that should fail, we have the appropriate equipment to break through a door. Yeah, I know that um, many of those things that you just said have been questions um, that people have thought about based on the response and kind of the details that have come out of the investigation re related to Uvalde. But like, were these things in place before that happened? Yes, we have made some enhancements mm -hmm. in, over the summer mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. continue to uh, make enhancements. A lot of the safety equipment has to be ordered and you have to wait for it to come in. But we already have a base level of what we need mm -hmm. to get the job done. Mm -hmm. We already were doing years and years of training on alert and other uh, state mandated, mandated training uh, related to active shooter threat. Of course, in the academy, they get trained, but we train them annually on these uh, safety things. And, you know, this summer we had, we all had heart-to-heart uh, -heart conversations to make sure that we were all committed to student safety, even if it means harm to us. Oh, I like, I'm, I'm going to put a pin right there. I'm going to come back to that. You mentioned ALERT, right? I know, unfortunately, I know these acronyms, but, you know, those listening may not know what ALERT is. Can you just kind of expound on ALERT and some of those trainings? So ALERT is Advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response Training. And this training has been in place for about 20 years uh, following Columbine, where uh, law enforcement recognized that waiting for the SWAT team or waiting for some tactical team to arrive is not the appropriate action when it comes to an active shooter because seconds mean lives. Every second could be another life. Mm -hmm. So we can't wait. Um, so that's what alert training does. It also includes some very realistic, um, uh, let's just say live fire type exercises as well as maneuvers uh, that officers make uh, through a, a building such as a school and um, how to, to dynamically enter a room and take care of the threat. So that heart to heart conversation, how did that go? Like, did you did, was it a difficult thing you had or I mean? You know, they the the listeners don't know they don't get to know you in that way, right? Like I know you and I have had extensive conversation about Uvalde. We've talked 
I mean, talked about it upside, downside. You know, we've you've kept me abreast of things like as as they've come out. Is it something that you felt like you had to do, or is it something like as a police chief, you it, it was like, let me make sure. I felt like it was uh, to satisfy me. Mm-hmm. I already had a good sense that our officers were committed, but I needed to hear that from them face to face, and mm-hmm. so. We had a couple of meetings. Uh, we trained. We typically trained half the department at a time. Mm-hmm. So uh, during those trainings, we did have heart-to-heart conversation to make sure that that level of commitment was there mm-hmm. from each and every officer. Mm-hmm. And to be frank, if if it would not have been there, we're, I'm going to help them find another job. That's good. I mean, there's a place for everyone, right? right? There's a place for everyone. So I'm I'm I am breathing a sigh of relief knowing that we have a force right of i think you tell me 62 66 66 officers Mm -hmm. um, including yourself that are committed to safety of um, those that you protect and serve yes um thank you for that i also um that's the protection side i am a witness to the service side um I w- I've said this to you before. I'll say it to you again. And for all your officers that are listening, because I know they're going to like run the numbers up on this because it's we're talking about safety. Um, there has never been a police officer that I've spoken to, met, uh, called or text that wasn't willing to do something for me. Um, and I, it could be because I have a nice smile. <laughs> it could be the title. You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I appreciate it. And I've also seen it happen for other people, right? It's right. not just me. But um, just last month, I made like a random phone call to Chief. It probably wasn't even like clear where I was like, Chief, like, like I need to have a flat. And Chief was like, where are you? And then two officers showed up. With dogs. Only one had a dog. Though. Okay. The other dog was off. Okay. So the K- two K nine, um, well, the K nine stayed at home, but the two officers showed up and changed my tire. Um, they smiled and laughed through the whole thing. I had somebody call me and was like, "Are you okay?" I had another. They waited until I left and drove off. Like it was a real thing, um, and it it happened in a parking lot. It happened actually happened in my son's daycare parking lot, and I walked inside and the owner said. Man, those are dedicated officers. Um, he said some other stuff, but he was like, I mean, they're doing it, he said, and they have on their uniforms. They're not hesitating. That, that's that's good officer work right there. And I'm, I was proud to know that, like, they were people were able to see that our, our officers in action. And it wasn't just about officers being in action when someone's pulled over on top of the road and they're being arrested or getting a citation. They were doing the other part of their job, which is serving. So thank you for that. Um Commander Wright and Commander Harris, they put up with my shenanigans um, and, you know, they, they all just make it happen and they know that it's all going to be for the greater good. So I appreciate you and your leadership team. Well, we, we, we want to be a well-oiled machine that functions well and and also, you know, people do have vacations and training and we, we're designed our, our structure so that if one is gone, the other one picks up the load mm-hmm. and that we can all uh, uh, cross train and, and do our jobs well uh, with a full team or maybe missing one or two mm-hmm. members temporarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we strive for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm real happy to hear that people saw that. Yeah. I, I was just envisioning that you would be on some lonely road that's with, all they thought. with no witnesses. <laughs> no, everyone saw But I'm glad saw people saw that. that. That's good for the community yeah, to see the that. Bus, the bus drivers passed by because like it, it's in Aldine. So the bus drivers passed by. There were like at least three buses that passed by. And 
I mean, they saw it. So it's not like these things are happening in secret. People can see it in action. And I think that that I know we're talking about safety and people are concerned about like, what are we going to do in an active shooter? Um, Cross our fingers, you know, keep praying and thinking good thoughts. But like the everyday issues, right, or the everyday challenges is really where police where the safety part happens, right? So because they saw that, they can count on a police officer, right, to protect them, which means they're not going to do something crazy. I think it's the layer part. Right. We want to keep making those deposits of goodwill uh, with the community so that they will, they'll know that they can trust us and we're here to help them. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to switch a little bit. Um, your title is police chief. Um, you weren't changing my tire um, because you were busy, I'm sure. But um, as a police chief, what does your job look like? I mean, are you out patrolling the streets? Are you out, um, you know, are you in meetings? Or I mean, what do you? What does your job look like every day? Well, like, like every other administrator, I have my uh, fair share of uh, correspondence, emails, um, staff meetings, um, but I also get a lot of phone calls and texts from uh, administrators or uh Usually not a teacher. It's usually someone at the uh, principal or assistant principal level uh, telling me about a concern that they have for their campus. And uh, they're asking for uh, problem solving to see w- what we can do. And it usually involves uh, uh, sending an officer out there to evaluate or maybe stay and and solve their problem if it's traffic or, you know, problem with, you know, homelessness or uh, some type of a, a, a exterior threat that may affect the campus and we want to mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah. Another thing I do is I, I try, uh, you know, we're only so big, even though I think we're right size for the size of uh, district that we have, but I always want to partner with other law enforcement agencies like Sheriff's Office, Houston Police, Precinct 1, Precinct 4, Humble Police. I mean, we just want to uh, get as much leverage as we can mm-hmm. uh, for that day that we may need them. And also, we'll be there for them when they need us. So I know um, you're on a whole bunch of committees. Uh, you and the superintendent have that in common, <laughs> where y'all are the, the folks that people go to. Um, are, tell us a little bit about like those uh, relationships that you've built with other law enforcement agencies. So I, I sit on the executive board of the Houston Area Police Chiefs Association. I'm the treasurer, but all of us, even though we have different roles, we sit together and, and problem solve and reach out to other uh, law enforcement agencies, not just in Houston, but actually around Harris County, the mm-hmm. region. And so it's not uncommon for us to have a meeting with uh, 50 to 100 police chiefs oh, wow. in one room. Um, and so, like I said, I oversee the budget and um, that's one uh, job that I have. I'm also the fourth vice president of the Texas School Chiefs Police Chiefs Association. Um, and I work uh, closely with the president who's uh, down the street from us. That he's a, uh, works for Humble ISD Police Department, Chief Solomon Cook. So he's the president. I'm the fourth vice president. Mm-hmm. So we work together on different initiatives as mm-hmm. well. And I'm also sitting on the Lone Star Police Chiefs, uh, excuse me, Lone Star Police Academy mm-hmm. uh, Advisory Board. So is I'm that, the chairman of that. Thank you. I know you have relationships with all of them for a couple different reasons, which is building relationships. They're also around us and, like you said, help us. Um, but can we talk a little bit about Lone Star? Does, does this mean you can create a pipeline or how are you How are you capitalizing on your appointment to that role? I, I'm hoping to. So um, they, they have 
classes going on right now. Mm-hmm. They continue to have full-time classes as well as part-time classes. And I'm hoping that we can hire some of those individuals that, you know, look promising and bring them to Aldine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope so, too. I mean, there are neighbors. We, we do so many things with Lone Star. And if they're creating police officers, we, we can offer them a job, I'm sure. Yes. I mean, every every agency has attrition through due to retirements mm-hmm. and people leave to go elsewhere, do another job or something. It's, so we always have to have that treadmill going to make sure that we can uh, stay up on our hiring. OK, good. So uh, my next question I have on my paper says sometimes uh, we get into our routine and we, we may forget about the certain important uh, practice of uh, staying safe. In your opinion, um, are there safe practices that we may overlook and like should be paying closer attention to? Like, what should we be doing every day? So, you and for every crime, there's a victim and there's a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, law enforcement worries about the perpetrators, but everybody else needs to worry about the victim aspect and don't be a victim. Mm-hmm. And the number one way that you can avoid being a victim is to always be alert. Think about if you're sitting in a restaurant and it's, it may just take a second to think about if something was bad to happen here, which way would I exit? Mm-hmm. Um, also, when you're driving around at a stop stoplight, stop sign, um, you know, someone's staring at you or, uh, you know, when you park in a, in a mall parking lot or the grocery store, uh, be careful where you park. If you have individuals look like they're lottering around a car or mm-hmm. something, somebody with the hood up. Uh, don't park next to them. Mm-hmm. You know, just little safety things like that. Don't put yourself in harm's way needlessly. Um, you know, a lot of us go for walks, for exercise. Uh, that's great. Uh, you know, just be careful with your ear pods. Uh, don't don't get so zoned in on Aerosmith uh, <laughs> or whatever that uh-huh. you like to listen to that uh, you forget your surroundings. And so that, to me, is very important that uh, – and it's, it's not just – uh, females or uh, elderly, or it could be anybody can become a victim of a robbery. Um, you know, sometimes the perpetrators they they rob them, and they're like, "Oh my God!" Well, now I have a witness, and they may want to try to kill you. So mm-hmm. you just don't know how far the crime would go. Take that same those same ideas and and push them into me being an employee, right at work. What is what does that mean? I mean, I can imme- like I can think about something immediately where you know. Um, Sometimes I work late, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I have had it. Ha- I have seen myself say, "Okay, you can't work so late that it's dark outside and no one else is around, right?" And you just walk out to your car, and I'm on the phone. Like I can't do those things, but I work in a district building that has. We're lucky enough to have like access control. If I worked on a campus, like tell me things that I should be thinking about on a campus. Well, if, if you are going to be working late, mm-hmm. move your car to the front before mm-hmm. it gets dark closest to the door as possible mm-hmm. in a lighted area mm-hmm. and um, it, that's probably if, if you and of course if you see something suspicious as you're leaving call us and we'll come out and escort you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about um, you know how I enter in a building or um, so how I leave a building you can see I'm in full uniform you are? and I still am wearing my ID card mm-hmm. so everybody needs to have their ID card displayed um, so that when you pass each other in the hallway, you know who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. 
don't let people in the door. Don't, no piggybacking mm-hmm. or anything like that. Everybody use it, needs to use their own access mm-hmm. so that you can be assured that that is a, actually an employee mm-hmm. who belongs here. Another thing is, you know, people may no longer work with the district. You thought that they do, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, con- card control, uh, a- a key access, uh, card access, uh, that's very important to make sure that we have a safe sanctuary inside of our schools. So I've been to a, a high school campus before or a middle school campus, right? And it's a long way from the front door to the back door, right? And Or from a classroom. And if I just need to run to my car really quick um, and I sleek out that side door and I'm not, you know, I can just put the brick right there and hold it open right, like while I run into my car, right? No. So you just compromise safety. (laughs) I wish you could see Chief's face. He like, he almost (laughs) threw something at me. Yeah. I mean, that sounds silly, but I can imagine somebody do it all the time. It's easy to do. And and not to throw rocks at Uvalde, Mm -hmm. but I mean, that was a critical failure that allowed the shooter to come into school. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to be that, that district that allowed that to happen. Mm -hmm. So because of that, our officers, and, and other people, administrators, are checking doors to make sure that they're always closed. Right, right. I know that um, as part of the state's requirements this summer, we, we had to come up with a way to audit our exterior doors. And one of the ways that we decided to do that or will continue to do that is to utilize officers to do random checks and um, of our exterior doors. And there's many campuses, you know, and they're all listening and they know that the, there's the one door that the, the, the lock doesn't work. And there's the, they also know there's the one door that everybody comes in because you could like put some bubble gum in the, um, you know, in the lock. And I'm being facetious and funny, but I think we all know that there's a shortcut um, and we can't create those shortcuts. No, we cannot. And if you know it and I know it, then the kids know it and then mm-hmm. it gets word gets around mm-hmm. and then someone who means to do harm could make that their entry point to bring in a gun a knife or something explosive mm-hmm. uh, drugs we don't know what they could bring in and they're bypassing our security system as you know we have metal detectors mm-hmm. and we have uh, uh, raptor systems at the front where we screen people and monitors and monitors and, yeah. cameras and the whole nine yards and single point of entry can be defeated by one employee who puts a rock on a door and it's very serious. It could have very serious consequences. It is. I also, um, I remember at another job where um, there was a kid who, um, I guess he wasn't being disrespectful, but kids sleep in classes, right? And um, there was a kid, it's it's not something that they're supposed to do. And somebody, one of my uh, producers looked at me like, what? You know that as a ki- kids have slept in class before, they put their hand on the desk, right? And I was there as a visitor. Um, this is another job, not here. This never happens in Aldine. But I, I was there and I said, are you going to wake him up? And they said, no, oh, no, don't, don't, you know, no, don't do that. And what do you mean? And what I learned from that lesson is, if you don't, everything we do is part of our job. Everything that we do is safety, right? So if you aren't going to do it or you take the shortcut, you've now like created or broken a layer of security. I'm using that example of not waking him up um, because, and you could take that and say, if you see something, you have to do something about it. So if you decide that day, well, I know Johnny, he's always sleeping. You also have probably taken that same notion said, oh, I know Johnny and let wave him past the metal detectors. Or right. I know Susan, she can come on in. She's a good parent. Or, you know, I know, oh, that's that's Latasha. She's my next door neighbor. Bring her in. But you've defeated 
the security practices we have in place, right? Right, it, it, and it creates an erosion factor as well. Yeah. So if you're not paying attention to this little security protocol, what else are you not paying mm-hmm. attention to? There's a theory in, in uh, criminal justice called broken windows, and uh, that if you see a neighborhood that's unkempt and broken windows and uh, cars with the windows uh, broken out, so forth, uh, you may think, whoa, this is a, a good place to apply my trade and start stealing things and robbing people and, and committing all kinds of mayhem. Uh, so if if you are strict and about your security protocol, protocols, the bad guys know that mm. the inside and outside. They know that and they know they have a lesser chance of succeeding. Mm. You just made my husband sound really smart. We were looking for a house, right? We were looking for a new home. And we rode into a neighborhood and it was a Saturday morning, about 10. We were just driving through the neighborhood. It was like on our path and we drive. And he said, oh, their trash cans are still out. We can't live here. And I said, what do you mean? He said, trash day is on Fridays. It's Saturday morning at, you know, 10 and their trash cans are still out. They're not there. They're, people aren't paying attention. They don't care. Like you said, the broken window, people will now take advantage. Um, so you, you just made him sound really smart. He also... Um, if y'all are, have been watching the news, like this paper tag conversation continues to be a big deal. So whenever we're driving, he avoids people with paper tags. He's like, go the other way. Stay away from them. And I, again, I just think it's, you know, he's kind of a nagger. He's He, he kind of has like, he has a story and a reason for everything. But now, I mean, you're reminding me that like, he kind of knows what he's talking about. I'm going to give him some credit next time I talk to him. Those, he does. Yeah, those paper tags are a big deal. I mean, I know you buy a new car, right? You, there's a window, a period of time where you don't have your hard license plate, but it looks like it's pointing in the direction of there could be some lawlessness going on. Ooh, lawlessness! I've also learned a new word today. Lawlessness. What does that mean? Not abiding by the law. Oh yeah, like they're not just, caring about the law. Because they could have their paper. They could make their own paper tags. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like this. This has been a great conversation. We've talked about Uvalde and, and it creates fear among parents and even teachers. I think the fair question would be, um, if something happened in Aldine, do you think that our teachers are and staff are prepared? Um, I hope it never occurs, but would they be prepared? So, yes, because we do drilling, we do exercises, and we start, We rolled out a new program. Uh, it's not new, new, but it's new to Aldine. Uh, we started treat, uh, teaching craze and mm-hmm. on our, uh, within the campuses and at uh, the M.O. Campbell Center. Craze uh, we, is another ac- acronym. Tell me For Citizens Response to Active Shooter Events. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've got a great response. Uh, we've trained hundreds of people already. Uh, in craze and it's an eye opener for a lot of people to us it's old hat but mm-hmm. uh, to someone who's not been exposed to those types of things it it really drives the point home of why you can and can't do certain things mm-hmm. and how to survive in a tough situation yeah so Officer McGowan is that right Yes, Sergeant McGowan. Sergeant McGowan, listen, I have heard great things about his presentation. Um, I haven't gone to, my, to mine yet. He asked me, he told me which one to be in. But um, my staff, who I told to attend, not just because they are involved in many of our crisis responses, but they just need to know, right? They've all come back like, 
man, that has changed my perspective on so many things. And I know it's focused on active shooter and that's what many of us are thinking about. But it's literally just about how things become as you know, become the way they are. How do you respond or what do you do? And so, one, I appreciate you guys for doing that because you can't train everybody by email. You you can't, you know, like schools are schools because they're a school are doing active drills and those things. But sometimes we as leaders are in meetings or we're gone or we don't, you know, check the box for those other than compliance, right? We do the compliance driven things, but it's not always top of mind. And so being able to come out of a leadership building and go into these rooms remind us of really what's happening. So thank you guys for hosting those. So I would compare that to someone just getting rules and not knowing why the rules exist mm-hmm. and craze. uh, tries to show you why the rules exist Mm -hmm. because you'll see this can happen what do you you know if we would have done this instead that would not have happened Uh, what is the appropriate response Uh, sometimes you have to make a tough choice in a a dangerous situation being injured versus being killed Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to know your legal rights Mm. that you can defend yourself you can defend a third person Mm -hmm. legally Mm -hmm. and be okay Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for hosting that. We, we've spent a lot of time on like active shooter violent things, but there's some stuff happening on t- on the interwebs, right? So in addition to that Aerosmith, um, I know you have Twitter. Um, on you, So you, you listen to Aerosmith, you're scrolling through Twitter. Um, sometimes those tweets that you're seeing, or I don't know if you have Snapchat, Chief, um, but you're not the snapping chief. No, uh, I'm no. not. Um, but there's stuff happening on Snapchat and Instagram. Are we following along um, with those cyber threats? Yes, we follow and we follow up. So uh, most of our investigations or something has been reported to us. We act immediately. Uh, we have a, two detectives. In addition, our campus officers a lot of times get involved themselves. And, uh, w- you know, because of their great relationships, mm-hmm. we are able to identify people rather quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also know you have some um, some district leaders um, who also moonlight as uh Social media detectives. Yes. Um, I won't give up their names or their uh, roles, but know that you have a team of folks, right? Making, right. looking into these these issues and incidents. Um, what what has happened? It seems silly, but they can become serious quite quickly. Right. It's actually a felony to mm-hmm. make a death threat against uh, an individual or against a group of people, like a school. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's a good way to. You know, not be able to get a good job. You know, mm-hmm. If you get to catch a felony, um, you could be incarcerated. Uh, you could uh, be prevented from going to the university of your choice. Uh, could keep you from getting a government job later. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kids, a lot of times, just don't understand that. We've tried to educate uh, online or uh, in person uh, to let them know the hazards of this. And, you know... It, it, it's it's odd because that same kid would know if I pull the fire lever and the fire truck has to come and, you know, all this apparatus show up and all these people show up and they find out I did it, I could be in trouble, so I won't do it. Mm-hmm. But that same individual will get on their phone and make a death threat and think that that's okay or funny. Mm-hmm. So they get a bunch of likes or a bunch we, of hits. We haven't quite mastered the understanding that social media is real. There's still this idea I think that people have that social media is fake and I like have this other identity there and it doesn't really bleed into the real world. But 
we've seen that what happens on social media doesn't live there. Right? It, right. it shows up in classrooms. It shows up, you know, the fight on the bus. It shows up. It, it shows up in so many different ways. And and I don't know that that's a police chief job or what the police are doing to impact that. But I do know we have it's not just police, but we have social and emotional learning working on that. We've had community conversations, teaching parents to teach people, I don't know, cyber etiquette. But it just it isn't it hasn't. It's a citizenship matter. Yeah. I mean, you need to be a good citizen um, in person and, and on online. I mean. Uh, you know, you be respectful of people, don't mm-hmm. bully, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't call people names, incite violence. Mm-hmm. And and we don't want to glorify violence when someone uh, posts a, a, a person beating up another person. You know, we don't want to contribute to that by liking on it and reposting yeah. it yeah. and just sharing airdropping and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all contributing to the problem. So is there something that you know, I know teachers and leaders are listening and even parents. What can they do? I mean, I heard you say don't contribute by liking it. Right. So, like, keep scrolling, pass it up. or But, like, if I see something that, that I feel like is inappropriate or scary or threatening, I mean, what should I do with it? You can report it to a teacher, report it to an administrator mm-hmm. or report it directly to the police department and we'll mm-hmm. investigate it. Um, it's OK to, like, screenshot take a picture of it or whatever. Uh, but like I said, don't reshare it. So <laughs> I'm laughing because um, representation, many people think representation is just about color or um, like uh, sex or um, gender, but it also is about like background and experience. And um, I know you have officers who've been in the field who are over 40, right? And you also have some young officers. Tell me how you use representation um, to make sure that your uh, force um, looks and feels like the Alden community. So I will go there with gender and race first. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm proud that uh, we're currently 33% uh, female. Oh, wow. Uh, and the mm-hmm. national average for a police agency is 12%. Look at us. So there's an organization called 30 for 30. And the, the, it's a goal for police agencies to reach 30%. So we've we're exceeded that. that. We've been above it uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we're racially diverse. I'm proud mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but as you stated, we have, I, I just hired an officer in in his 40s, uh, maybe even 50. I'm not sure. Uh, but we also hire people that just got out of the police academy that may be 21 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and, and then I have officers that come from another agency. Uh, I've hired several that have 30 plus Sergeant McGowan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an example as well. We hire mm-hmm. people that have decades of experience. Mm-hmm. And so senior officers, um, it's kind of like a, uh, a master electrician, master plumber. Mm-hmm. They can do things uh more proficiently than mm-hmm. a younger officer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what we do is we pair them so mm-hmm. that uh, with each other. Mm-hmm. And so one learns from the other. Okay, good. I love that. Speaking of pairing, tell me how your police officers are split up. Like, I know we have an officer on every secondary, secondary campus. campus. And then, um, so there's an officer, at least one officer mm-hmm. at each high school and at each middle school. What do you do for elementary campuses? So we have a rowing patrol we call elementary patrol. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're committed to uh, going by each campus, uh, 
I don't want to say how many times, but we we do make uh, a lot of checks with elementary schools mm-hmm. and um, and make sure everybody has access to to myself or any one of the supervisors. If they have a special problem, like a strategic problem they want to deal with, we, we will uh, address that as well. What? Okay, so I think about police officers, and I watch a lot of Law and Order. Okay, and like Stabler and Olivia. There is it. Sta- no, Olivia is Stabler. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. They have partners, right? And they, like, ride in the car together. You've seen Bad Boys. There's, like, two. So, like, are are officers paired up in that way? Like, they drive up and there's, like, two getting out the car? Not necessarily, but Mm -hmm. you may have two show up to a call. Oh, got it. So they may be... Uh, we have a patrol division. We have detectives and training and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it could be uh, officers are patrolling in separate areas or beats, but then when a call happens... They meet at the call together, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they're not riding around in a call to car together. Okay, and uh, you may see two officers on a campus, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you, we have other campuses that only have one officer. Got it. So, but again, if something happens, they converge. Okay, and they're always in contact with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. When that, when they showed up for my flat tire, it was like they they were speaking another language that I didn't understand, but they were they knew we, they they were talking the same language. Like, well, I was over here off Antoine and two forty nine, and I was did you call out? Did you do? And I was like, oh, okay. They're in sync, right? They right. like know what's happening. It's very clear that they um, are communicating and like all on one accord. So I, I I saw it in action, is what I'll say. And another thing is we try to meet. Um, informally at least once a month Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a birthday celebration and we don't have an agenda we just sing happy birthday to whose every birthday it is that month Mm -hmm. and we give them some space where they can just talk to each other Mm -hmm. and um, in a low stress environment right i think that's that that matters too policing is stressful teamwork yeah so we're coming to the end. It's been a great, great conversation. I'm, I'm happy. I think that people will have learned something. Um, but I want to give you an opportunity to leave any remarks or conversations or give them a, a nugget um, that they can take with them. I, w- I would just encourage our students to uh, keep pushing forward with their education. I believe education is the great equalizer. Um, you know, I, I remember the slogan that Lone Star used to have is learn more, learn more, earn more. Mm. And I really believe that. And it's not all just about money. It's about uh, being uh, self-actualized with your life. You want to be uh, productive and a good citizen um, provider for your family. And you'll be able to do all those things through education. And, uh, and it just makes your life more fulfilling. And so I would encourage our students to, to keep on keeping on with their education uh, and they'll understand the value of it as they get older. That's easy. What about safety? Anything to tell our community about safety? This may not be school related, but uh, there's been a surge of violence related to road rage. And mm. uh, I would just encourage everybody to uh, stay calm. Uh, sometimes you get cut off. Uh, there's rudeness on the road. Uh, people in a hurry and they cut you off or they're rude to you, break in front of you, uh, it's not worth it to uh, lash out, act out. Uh, you don't know if that person has a gun. You don't know don't know if they had a bad day at home. And um, it could be uh, detrimental to your health. Uh, they could have a gun and, and shoot at you. And so uh, road rage is a, is a problem that we're dealing with in law enforcement right now. And uh, you just have to be the bigger person and... Uh, not go down to that level to where 
they're going to lash out at you and, and possibly hurt you. All right. Chief, I appreciate you for being here and for always thinking about each one of us and our safety. Maybe people don't know this, but I do go to sleep better at night knowing um, that you are our police chief, that you your ears to the street and you have connections to so many people that if something's happening, you would know about it and you would tell us first. So thank you for that. Thank your officers and um, your service is important. So thank you. To my listeners, or to our listeners, I hope this conversation was good for you. Um, as a reminder, um, please continue to listen to all the things, the Aldine ISD podcast. We're in season three. Uh, if you haven't caught up, you can go back to season two. Uh, be sure to subscribe to all the things, the Aldine ISD podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. And be sure to subscribe to the Aldine ISD YouTube page. Thanks. Yeah.